Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let me know. You're next, punk, and we're talking to the giant in our lives. You're next. Dad said something in prayer one morning. I got a hold of that, and I said, I love that. You're next, punk. It's a true story of courage. Many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath. I believe God is going to speak to you through this story that many of you have heard over and over again, even in, in, um, in, in children's church, and you've heard it preached on Sunday mornings. And I may talk to you about it from a different angle this morning, but God has something for everybody in this house. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And before we get to this verse, I just want to give you the background of this. David started off as the most unlikely of candidates to be king of Israel. You see, the first king of Israel, if you remember your Bible stories, and you remember from children's church, the first king of Israel was King Saul. Scripture says he was head and shoulder, shoulders taller, bigger than everybody in the land. He was impressive to look at. When they talked about Saul, they said, wow, who is like this guy? The first king of Israel, man, he's mighty. He's, he's impressive. He was head and shoulders above everybody in the land. He was tall. He was a big guy. He was strong. He was the first king of Israel, but he never obeyed God properly. He never obeyed God. And because of that, God said, all right, I'm going to move on to my man now. I'm going to move on to someone who will actually listen to me, someone who has a heart like mine. And he sent Samuel the prophet to Jesse's house. And it was interesting because when Samuel the prophet would show up to people's houses, he was so powerful. Scripture says, nothing he said fell to the ground. That means everything he said happened. And Samuel, Samuel knew that every word he spoke was true, but they also knew that there was a king in power named Saul, and he was getting more and more insecure day by day. And because he was so insecure... They ha he had to go to Jesse's house under the guise of, we're just going to sacrifice, we're going to pray. Which was true, but at the same time, he was there to anoint the next king of Israel, the second king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. And after going through all, all of the sons of Jesse, Samuel goes, is this it? And they're like, well, no, there's one more, but he takes care of the sheep. He stinks. He's young, he's good looking, but he's a little bitty dude, and he's just... He's less than impressive. He takes care of the sheep. I mean, he's the youngest. And he said, Samuel said, we will not sit down to eat until he has come. And when he came, God spoke to Samuel and said, this is, this is my anointed. Anoint him as the next king of Israel. Now, after David was anointed, this happened. David's dad, Jesse, and look at David did so much right. There's so much in this story, and I'm going to get to this, I promise. We're going to read the text, and I'm going to give you some points this morning. But David was out taking care of the sheep, and his dad said, hey, go see your brothers, make sure they're well, take a gift to their commander even. Go see them, see how the war is going. Well, before David had gotten there, guess what? There was a man named Goliath, and he was more than a man, he was a giant. And he was taunting the people of Israel, the people of God every day, and he said, send me a champion, send someone to fight me, and if he defeats me, we'll be your servants. But if I defeat him, you will be our servants indefinitely. We will make you submit to us. And he'd been taunting them and cursing them by his gods. I don't even know what that means. Scripture says that he would curse them by his gods with a little g. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But I'm sure he could have taught us some curse words, right? 
You ever been around someone like that? You're like, wow, they're cussing the wallpaper off the walls. I read somewhere, said, man, his mouth was so colorful, he was teaching people a few things. They'd never heard anything like it, and that's terrible. I'm sure Goliath was that way. He was evil. He was wicked. He was sent by the enemy to block the Israelites from their blessing. And from, they were already in the promised land, but they were there to oppress them in the promised land and give them a hard time. Well, by the time David gets there, he starts asking, what's going on and what's happening? And they said, that giant there, he's been taunting us for days and we're scared. And then David goes, but what happens if you beat him? I always like someone like that. And this dude's probably the smallest guy there, I bet. A little handsome little kid, ruddy-faced. He looked very unimpressive. And he goes, wait, is there a reward if he gets defeated? And they go, yeah, guess what? Here's the reward. This is all scripture here. I'm not making this up. They said, whoever defeats the giant gets to marry the king's daughter, number one. And y'all know how it is. Somebody say, well, he ain't very good looking. Yeah, but he was rich. You know, you've heard people say stuff like that. I don't know if she was good looking or not, guys, but she was the king's daughter. I don't know. That's just me being real with you on a Sunday morning. Who knows? And for common folk, they're going, wow, I get to marry the king's daughter, and that means all of a sudden I'm royalty. I marry into the family. Just like that. And David's like, well, what else? And they said, and his father's house will be free in Israel, meaning y'all are tax-exempt forever if you can defeat this giant. I would be gearing up so fast. Tax-exempt, brethren. My goodness. So he, he gets to be tax-free, he and his father's house, and he gets to marry the king's daughter. So overnight, if he defeats his enemy, there's a reward. But guess what? Now this enemy is standing in the way of his blessing because he's been anointed to be king of Israel, but now this enemy is standing in his way. And now he's learned about this new reward, and the enemy is standing in the way of that reward too. So David tells the king, <clears throat> I, I'm going to handle him. And the king said, you're a boy. You're a teenager. Sometimes when you're facing a giant, people go, are you sure? I'm not going to be one of those. When you're facing a giant, I'm going to say, no, you can, and you will, because he already did. You can and you will. Oh, yes, you can. You can do this. With God's help. Not on your own, but with God's help. So David says, well, king, you don't understand. I know I'm unproven in war. I'm inexperienced. I've been taking care of sheep. But God helped me, and I killed a lion and a bear. A lion and a bear. Dad and I were talking. I don't know how he did that. I don't know if he hit him with a slingshot or grabbed him, broke their jaws. I don't know, but the Spirit of God came on him, and he was protecting his sheep, the ones that mattered so much to him, and he killed a lion and a bear because they were threatening the sheep. Little dude off by himself, he said, yeah, King, I don't know, the same God, though, that delivered me from the lion and the bear, I believe he can, he can deliver us from this giant. Let me go. Let me do it. Big point there, God has a track record. God has a track record. He's done it before, he'll do it again, not just, here's the issue, though, he doesn't always do it the same way. Sometimes we go, I think if I sit in the same place and hold my mouth a certain way and pray just exactly like that and, and, and get the shivers and, and do it just like it happened before. God, no, God says, behold, I will do a new thing. He may not do it the same way, but he's the same God, and he's never late. One song we used to listen to in church growing up was, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. 
It may not come when you want him to show up, but he will come when you need him to show up. Say, man, I, I don't know. How are we going to do this? What, what's going on? I had a dream last night about that, too. I'm not going to get into all of it, but I believe it's from God. We felt like we were under attack, and there were some villains outside of this house, and we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the police to show up. Said, they're not here, they're not here, but they came at just the right time, and the villains were defeated. Say, I'm not going to give you all the details of the dream. It was very vivid. But I believe that was from God, and it ties into this message. We say, yeah, but, yeah, but, I don't know how, how, how. I don't know, but God will. He can, and he will again. He's already done it. He will again. Let's go to verse 38. Then Saul, Saul says, okay, you know, the king, he's head and shoulders above everybody, but he's not running out to face the giant, is he? You ever notice that? Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. And this is a big guy, and David is not. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. <laughs> he didn't hesitate. Can you imagine? He's stumbling through. He's like, man, I, I, I don't think so. Remember the kid on, on Home Alone? He said, I don't think so. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them, so David took them off again. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream, just something real, real simple and basic. Five smooth stones from a stream, and he put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, slings back then, they were a long strip of leather with a pouch in the middle, and they would put the stone in there, and then they would kind of close it up and hold both, both strings of that thing and start to swing it. And then I, my understanding is they would let go of one of the straps and fling that rock. Now, these guys were deadly with their slingshots. History tells us they were very, very deadly with their slingshots. Very deadly. But he's facing a giant. Stay with me. Armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. He's saying, that giant's in my way. I'm headed to the giant. Goliath walked out toward David with a shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. I don't know what that is, but it sounds awful. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. The giant has defied God by standing in your way. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. He didn't even have a sword. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. So it's your next punk, and then all of y'all punks are next too. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. This dude is sure is talking big, but God's anointing must have been on him at this point. He killed a lion and a bear, and he says, you're next. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Mm. Everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not like you think. Not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Let's keep going. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. 
reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. One stone. Somebody say one stone. One. He hurled it with his sling, and he hit the giant, the Philistine, in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. Some of y'all have told me stories, and I've seen some boxing matches where someone got so cold, knocked out, that they didn't fall backward, they fell forward. Some of y'all told me stories about that. Boom! He was out on his feet. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. But he spoke in faith, said, I'm going to cut your head off. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph <laughs> and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as the gates of Gath and Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded, let's keep reading, Philistines were strewn all along the road from Shaarim as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Wow. David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. How interesting. He said, I'm keeping a souvenir for this victory. As Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. Something special about him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head, Still in his hand. I don't know how he did that. That was a big old head. Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. After your victory, people are going to go, tell me about your father. What you did, that's amazing. You couldn't have done that on your own. And how did he even lift that sword? It's a giant sword. God's anointing was on him. He did it with God's power. Now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this because some of you are facing giants in your life right now. Giants, number one, are liars, big liars. And they try to disrespect God. You say, man, my giant may be this, may be that. But yeah, some of your giants have talked to you, even in your mind. They have. I've been there. I've gone through battles, and I have heard it in my head, man. I've heard it. You say, man, you're hearing voices. No, it's just how life is. There, there's the enemy, and then there's your mind you got to battle with. Sometimes your mind is a worse battle than the enemy. The actual enemy. But the enemy will whisper to you and he will say, you know what? I did this to someone in your family and I'm going to do it to you. I took them out and I'm going to take you out. I've done this before. Do you know who I am? You ever, you ever heard somebody say that or heard stories of that or seen someone on TV? Do you know who I am? I'm reminded of a story in Albuquerque. I think there was a champion. Some of you know boxing better than me. There was a, a New Mexican champion, but he was also some kind of a lightweight or middleweight. His name was Tapia. Does anybody remember that boxing champion? He was from Albuquerque. You remember him? Well, I had a friend one time when he was not serving God. He was in the world. They were at a party. And I like this story. True story. He said, man, I was there, Matt. You should have seen it. Well, Tapia was there, and he was a former champion. I believe it was Tapia. It was one of the New Mexico champions. And he was standing there at a party, supposedly, and he got into an argument with some guy, and some guy, nobody knew him, but I guess this former boxer, I hope I'm using the right name, he tells the guy, do you know who I am? And the guy said, I don't care who you are, and knocked him out in front of everybody. That guy didn't know who he was. I don't even know that the other guy was a boxer. Do you know who I am? That's what the giant says. Do you know what I've done? Do you see how big I am? I stand in your way. There's no way you're getting past me. There's one way. 
And it's through the power and the anointing and the promise of God himself. You're next, punk. Now, people have different responses to, to giants. See, the giant stands up. See, Scripture says that he started to move toward David. Many times, the first response when the giant moves toward you is this. <laughs> or some cower, some hide. I've known people, man, and they were well-meaning. They just weren't thinking. Were two people running from a dog, and they were pushing their friend back toward the dog. <laughs> really? There's people in here. It happened to them. I know firsthand. I know about it. They were brave until the dog came out. And they're pushing their friend like, fresh meat, get them. They taste good. People have all kinds of responses to giants. They blame, they run, they cry, they cower, they take off, but not you. I know that about you and the God you serve, not you. See, as the giant moved toward him, David took off toward the giant. You're next, punk. Number one today, remember the God you serve. Remember. Remember the God you serve. You say, man, I don't feel like it right now. Who cares if you feel like it or not? He's still God. Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God. His story hasn't changed. Your story is still being written, but God's story has not changed. He says, I do not change. That's what he said. He said, I don't change. So remember who God is. And in remembering who God is, remember who you are. In remembering who your God is, remember who you are and your relationship with Him. Remember who your Father is, who you are in Him, His promises. Remember that a giant is nothing compared to God. Nothing. Nothing. Say, yeah, but you don't understand. No, I may not completely understand, but the name of Jesus is the name above every name. I'm, I don't have to completely understand. I can empathize, but the name of Jesus is the name above every name. Man, I've been through, I'm telling you, I've been through some seasons and there were giants going, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you out. And what do giants tell you too? What do giants tell you? They say, you know what? I've defeated better people than you. They use association. Or giants go, yeah, you can say all you want, but what about them? I'm like, I'm not them. That's, we've been getting a revelation about that lately. I am not them. I love them. I love I. I don't know other people's lives, but he's my God. He's their God, but he's also my God. He's a personal God. I don't know their lives, and he's not going to take me out. Say, yeah, but, yeah, but, nope. Mm -mm. The same God who delivered me from the hand, or the paw, I should say, of the lion and the bear, will deliver me from the giant. See, what is always tested is your faith and the word that you have received from God. See, because David received a word from God, and then all of a sudden it looked like all hell was breaking loose because now there's a giant in his way. But God says, let me allow you to come through different types of wilderness activities and wilderness situations so that you will become a great king, a king after my own heart. Remember. Somebody say remember. Remember who your God is. Remember. And remember who you are in him. Number two. Believe and speak. Many times we say, well, I believe. Well, then it's time to speak it. It's time to speak it. This is not in the lineup today. Let's see if we can pull up this verse in King James Version, um, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I feel led to, to put this in there, Liz. Thanks for your patience with me. 
I did not add that to the lineup, but let's look at, look at that. You are blazing fast. Therefore I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, so if your Bible has red letter edition, this is in red. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. How about King James? Can we do that same one in King James now? has to do with the things you're saying, doesn't it? What's that? Therefore I say to you, it's very similar to that. Whatever things you ask, okay, there you go. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. It's very similar to that verse. I just wanted to make sure here. And you shall have them. And remember, you can have what you say. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Some of you are in a season right now. You say, man, this is tough. This is tough right now. How on earth? Make sure you're saying what you want your life to be like. Make sure you're saying what God says. Make sure you're speaking the truth of the word. Make sure, make sure. Don't speak what the giant says. Say, man, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know. Man, he's right. What if? No, what if? God is with you. I did not come up with that. That's what his word says. If he was with David, why would he be with David and not be with me? We're on, scripture says we are under a better covenant in the New Testament, a better covenant with better promises. He did this under the old covenant. He took down a giant. Don't you dare run. Don't you cower and panic and fear and run. And do not let the enemy intimidate you. You know what they said? I, I believe Shaquille O'Neal, someone correct me if I'm wrong, I think he went to school in Texas, didn't he, Shaquille O'Neal? Isn't he a Texas guy? He was really tall in high school. He's a big man, Shaquille O'Neal. He's over seven foot. But I'm told that there were, one of my cousins told me years ago said that somebody they knew went to school with Shaq or played against him in the state tournament in Texas. You know what he'd do before the games? At the state tournament, wherever he was being held for basketball, he was in high school, but he was seven foot tall or super tall. I don't know how tall he was at that time. He would walk around the gym and walk around through the crowd and intimidate all the other basketball players before the games. <laughs> and you know how tall seven foot is when you're sitting down? Seven foot's tall to me standing up on tiptoes on a box. He would walk through the gym and he'd, he'd get, and that sounds just like Shaq. He would walk through the gym and he'd give everybody a dirty look and he'd walk at, and look at them. He's telling them, you're next, you got to face me. He's looking at them. He'd walk, he'd walk through the gym and make sure he intimidated all the other teams. I'm sure by the time they played, their knees are knocking together. They're nervous. They're scared. It's all for show. Do not be intimidated by the giants in your life. There's a giant. Many of you are facing a giant right now. And God Almighty, the God of heaven, is saying to you, you can and will win because I have won already. I've won the battle. Scripture says the battle belongs to the Lord. So you believe, you speak. You can have what you say. As you believe, let it come out of your mouth. Speak it or it won't happen. In prayer, in faith. Jesus, notice Jesus always spoke to the problem. You remember that? Anytime there was a, a demon to be cast out, a, a sickness to be healed, a problem, he spoke to the storm, Jesus would speak and it would happen. They said, that's Jesus. But Jesus said to us, have, the fa have faith in God. One translation would actually say, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Have God's faith. And you have faith, even if it's just a little. You have faith. Start now. Believe and speak.
Somebody repeat after me. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this because God is faithful and he has empowered me. Number three, I love teaching this. Do the basics, man. David got five smooth stones. He got rid of all that other stuff, and he went back to the basics. Tackling wins football games. Catching wins football games. Not backflips and showy moves in the end zone when they scored a touchdown. That is after the fact. Blocking wins football games. Making layups wins basketball games. Hitting the ball wins baseball games. you got to hit the ball. Yeah, but I can do all this other stuff. I remember back in the day, we'd come to the gym, play basketball, and there'd be kids, they were doing all this and one stuff. Do you, do you guys remember and one? They were doing, and they were traveling and carrying, but they were doing so many things, and they couldn't even control the ball yet, but they're doing all this special stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I loved it when dudes did that, because I was experienced enough. They're doing all this stuff, and I'd go, knock the ball away. Bye. I'll see you over there. That's foolishness. Do the basics. Do the basics. Do what God has called you to do. Do not let the enemy defeat you. You cannot complain that the giant is just running roughshod over you if you are not praying and reading your Bible. But God, but God, knowing God says, do the basics. Scripture says it. He says, those that seek me will find me. The Apostle Paul said, pray at all times. You want to crush the giant? Do the basics like David did during his life. Pray, word, pray, word. And always praise and worship God to mix that in there like David did. And begin to obey God. It's just the basics. Get into his word, pray, and obey him. Get into his word, pray, and obey him. Do the basics. Do the basics. I'm telling you, man, I've seen guys on the court, they could do all kinds of fancy stuff, but they couldn't put the ball in the hoop. And that was so unimpressive to me. Say, wow, all that stuff's great. Or you can jump really high. Or, wow, how intimidating. You can do all this stuff, but you can't seem to just do the basics. Or pass the ball. Right? Or catch the ball. I've been in gyms before, and the tallest guy in the world walks in there. He looked like the tallest. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh. And they'd pass him the ball, and he couldn't even catch it. Say, oh, wow, look at that. Do the basics. Do the basics. God is with you, God is for you, and God lives within you now. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to address the first thing here because this is so important. I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk with the Lord, but I know this, that God desires to have a relationship with his creation. The scriptures from Genesis all the way past Revelation to the back end of your Bible, the scriptures cry out that God wants a relationship with his people. He wants a relationship with his people. That's what, Jesus, that's what Jesus came to restore fellowship with mankind, men and women. So if there's anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I just want to be right with God. I need to be right with God. I want to I spend my eternity in heaven with him when my life ends one day. And I want to walk with God while I'm on this earth. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you today as a family. God bless you. Let's pray. I see some hands in here. God bless you. Good, good, good. Thank you. Let's agree in prayer today. Let's agree in prayer. It's that easy to ask God for forgiveness. Everybody in the house, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. 
I believe he died and rose again for me. Now I accept Jesus. I make him my Savior by faith. And I thank you that my sin is forgiven. I'm sorry, Lord God. Now save me from myself, from my sin, and from hell itself. Thank you for your forgiveness. You are a loving God. Your purpose, your will, is that I be in heaven with you and in relationship with you right now. I believe in Jesus' name. Now I want everybody to look at me. This is so important. This is a faith step for you today. I'm not going to keep you here much longer. This is a faith step for you today. Some of you would probably say to me, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know all of your lives. I don't know everything you're going through. I don't know the details. I really don't. I know some of your lives a little bit, and some of you I know more about than others, but I don't know all the details. But some of you would say right now, man, there's a giant I'm facing, but I'm going to stand up to that giant, and God is going to conquer. If you are facing a giant right now that has seemed like you just don't even know, you just know God is the only way that you're going to crush this giant. If you've been facing a giant, I want you to stand to your feet, and we're going to pray with you right at your seat. You've been facing a giant. You say, man, this giant's told me he's going to destroy me. This giant has, has whispered to me in the night. This giant said, I'm going to do you like I did them. No, you are not them. You are not them. You are a child of God. You say, man, well, they were a child of God. You don't know their story. That is between them and their God. This is between you and your God. Same God, but a different relationship. He's, he has a relationship with you personally. Wow, I applaud you for your courage today. Everybody, everybody in the house, go ahead and raise your hands. Why doesn't everybody just stand to their feet? Let's stand with the folks who have stood this morning. And I'm going to speak to them, and I'm going to speak life today. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with me. Father, in Jesus' name right now, whatever giants they are facing, whatever giants they are facing, whether it's a tax situation, a legal situation, God, a family, a, a, a relationship, whatever it is, God, dealing with something, a battle in the mind or, or psychological issues or, or an illness or whatever it is, God, we know that you are greater. Jesus is the name above all names. You are greater, God. Your word said it. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God, today I declare for everybody in this house who stood to say, I need help with this giant. God, guess what? Guess what, Lord? We're going to believe you, Father. We're going to believe you. You stood with David, and we stand with you today. And I speak the word of the Lord to you today. You're going to overcome this giant. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, I don't care what trash that giant talks to you, it cannot defeat you if you are walking with God. It will not defeat you. Say, man, but you don't know. No, here's what I know is the God you serve is greater and bigger and more powerful, more mighty, more amazing than any giant. We thank you, Lord, because you are omnipresent. That means you're everywhere at once. But God, I also thank you that you are manifesting your presence in our lives right now. We know you're everywhere, but we call forth the manifested presence of God in our lives. I declare to you today, people of God, that God is showing up in your situation. You will even see it beginning tomorrow. You will begin to see it, even in small ways. If not, the, it, the whole thing could be gone tomorrow, but I'm telling you this. God is showing up in your situation. You're going to start seeing stuff. You believe him. You believe him. You believe him. He has not forgotten you. He is with you, and he's turning it around, and he's turning it in your favor. Scripture says all things work together for good to those that love God and are called 
according to his purpose. We honor you today, God. We give it to you. We can't beat the giant without you, but we're going to do the basics. We're going to do the basics. We're going to remember. We're going to speak and believe, and then we're going to do the basics. We're going to remember. We're going to speak and believe, and we will do the basics, Lord. We thank you for today, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.